How is everybody tonight? You all right? Yeah, I do congratulate everyone for getting here tonight. Well done. I, uh, I actually took an Uber tonight because I was not going to walk in the rain. I know, crazy. I never, I, you know, anyway. You didn't come to hear about that, but anyway. Um, we've been uh, in this series uh, talking set free, and uh, in, in the, this, through the series, we're looking uh, sort of in the early chapters of Luke's gospel and looking at the life of Jesus as he begins his ministry. And uh, today, well, we pick up and uh, we see that Jesus is going from town to town. I mean, we've kind of known that. We've kind of noticed that if you've been reading along at all, um, because we sort of, uh, you know, one day he's in Capernaum and the next time he's coming into Nain and then he's on to another town. And, and so Luke says at the beginning of, of chapter eight, he just says that this is what Jesus was doing. He was literally just kind of going from town to town, from village to village, um, up near the Sea of Galilee, and just sort of circulating around that whole area, um, sort of far outside of Jerusalem, far away, sort of on the outskirts of, of, uh, of the nation. And, uh, and so here we have uh, Jesus um, just out walking around, going from town to town. And we know from uh, other accounts and other things that... Um, if it was a Saturday, if it was Sabbath and he was in the town, then he would show up at synagogue and because he was a rabbi, a teacher, he would probably get called upon to sort of give a talk or say something, uh, do the reading, what have you, and that would be an opportunity for him to, to share. And, and, and Luke just says he went from town to town and what did he do? He just told people the good news that the kingdom of God was here. So here we have Jesus sort of going from town to town, telling people the good news. And if we sort of sometimes, I think, have this picture in mind a bit of Jesus going from town to town as if, you know, it's sort of a lonely sort of thing. But it's not just Jesus. We know that Jesus has some other people with him. And, and, and here Luke makes it really explicit. He says, and with Jesus were the 12, the apostles, the ones that he had called a few chapters earlier. So we have Jesus and we have the called, the 12. But that's not all. Because then Luke tells us that in addition to Jesus and the 12, Jesus and, and the called, the, the, the apostles, he says that, well, there were others with him too. In other words, there, were, there was a whole crowd a whole group of people that were coming with him. He says specifically, though, these others, the next group that he mentions, that he says, well, these are people that were cured. So we had the called, the 12, but these are people who were cured. He said they were cured of evil spirits and they were cured of their diseases. And then he mentions three of them by name. He talks about Mary Magdalene, seven demons. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good cure. Seven demons cast out of her. And then, and then there's uh, Susanna and Joanna. They, they sound like they should be part of a 50s rock band, sort of backup singers, don't you think? Susanna, anyway. No, maybe not. Um, anyway. Um, but Susanna and Joanna, one of them, her, her husband was, uh, she was married to a guy who ran Herod's household. And, uh, and it says, but in addition to these three, there, there were more. So there were, a lot, there were a whole other sort of cadre of these people, these people who had been cured by Jesus and were now coming along 
the journey. Now these three particularly, and, and some of the others that, that aren't mentioned, they had a specific role, and they, is, they had this great role that in the morning when they got up to leave the bed and breakfast or the little hotel that they stayed in, they paid the bill in the morning for Jesus and his disciples. That's pretty good, isn't it? I work with a, a guy in the city, uh, he's, he's, this guy's amazing, he's 24 years old, um, he's, uh, uh, he's 24 years old and he's just planted his second church. His first church he planted when he was 22 and after a year and a half it had grown from zero to 200 and so he raised up another guy to sort of take it and leave it behind in Leicester where he was at and said, I feel God calling me to come to London and plant a church. And so he's uh, planning a church, starting a new congregation uh, right in Bank Station on Sundays, right at, like, at the, a church just outside Bank Station. And, um, and he's, uh, he's a black, young, black, young black guy. He's got his own uh, record label, his own clothing line. He's on his second church plant. And um, he calls his, he has these small groups. He started with small groups. And uh, he had, by, you know, by the time we were chatting with him and he was saying, could you help me? I want to, you know, start this church. He said, well, I have these, I have my, these small groups. And he said, well, I call them crews. They're, they're, we have crews, you know. Okay, you've got your crews. And so he's like, I said, well, how many people, you know, well, I've got about 80 people in crews, <laughs> in my crews. And, you know, and I just talked to him this week. I was with him. He's like, oh, yeah, we had to start another crew because we outgrew one. Anyway, he's oh, this new stuff happening. Jesus has his crew. <laughs> and so we have the, the called, we have the cured, and then there's this other group that sort of uh, keeps showing up, and it's the crowd, <laughs> the curious, the curious. Because when Jesus comes to town, sort of stuff happens, and they're just always curious when, when they hear that Jesus is there. I mean, we know that whenever he talks, it's not like whatever the pe- when other people talk. I mean, the, the accounts of Jesus talking is that he spoke with authority, and people will come up going, oh, nobody speaks with authority like you do. Like other people who have a, like positional authority, they don't have the kind of authority that you have. And people want to come and hear Jesus. And, and people are obviously being cured and, and transformed and their lives are being changed. And so they're curious. Let's see what, what Jesus is going to be up to today. And so Jesus is showing up in this town and, and he uh, begins to, uh, it says the crowds are starting to come. These people are curious. They're starting to come from all over. And as, it says as they're sort of still arriving, Jesus just starts talking. It's almost like this is like the warm-up sort of thing because he's not everybody's not there yet he's not sort of launched into whatever his main sort of thing for the day is going to be but as they're arriving Jesus starts talking and and this is what he says what we just read he says first of all he says a farmer a farmer went out to sow now I'd love to just for a minute take just that sentence and think for a minute about that farming is an interesting thing isn't it if you really think about it in in sort of God's creation, um, you know, for a, a big part of history, we didn't have farmers because when you needed to eat, you just went out and you found plants that were, and, and you went and you grabbed the seeds and you grabbed the fruit of the plant, you grabbed whatever it was and you just sort of gathered it. Farming is a sort of intentional intervention into the created order of things. Because what a farmer does is goes, you know, takes what, you know, is, is sort of growing naturally and begins to take it and put 
a, a high level of intentionality into it. Gathering seeds that would, you know, otherwise, you know, I mean, plants, guess what? They, they'll grow fine without us, won't they? <laughs> they'll drop their seeds or their, you know, what, their fruit or whatever it is, and those seeds will take root, or maybe, you know, birds will fly off with them and plant them somewhere else, or a day like today, the wind is blowing them, and they'll get blown everywhere else, or they'll get carried off by the water or whatever it is, and, and, and the seed sort of goes on, and, and, and the plants sprout out. But the farmer goes and got, takes seed, and then begins to plant it and begins to intervene so that they plant a particular crop, a particular thing that they want to grow and want to come up. And, and then once they do that the first time, what do they do? Then they've got more and they can just continue to go back and, and take the sort of natural part of replication and they can sort of multiply it even more and make it more intensified through their particular intervention in it. So we have a farmer who's intervening in the sort of order of the world. And then it says the next thing is that he's, he's just scattering seeds. I just love that image. I talked to somebody this morning. They were saying that uh, a relative of theirs um, had a farm. And they said they had, they, in the, on the farm was this big sort of hand-carved wooden bowl that was for the seed. And it fit sort of right here in, in sort of like your arm like this. And they would just go out and, you know, scatter seed. And there's just a sense of this generosity, this sort of abandonment of the way this farmer is just seed is being scattered. It's just going out. Just whew, whew. And there's sort of a confidence about it too, isn't there? It's like I'm, they're not worried. This farmer isn't worried about where it lands particularly. This farmer's just tossing the seed out there, confident that it's going to produce what it's intended to produce. So that's it. We have a farmer who goes out to sow. And then Jesus goes on and so he starts to tell. He said, well, you know, as he sows the seed, of course, we, you know, if we've been around church, you're familiar with the passage and the story. But, you know, some of the seed falls on, on the path and, and, and the birds come and they eat it up and people come along and they, you know, walk on the seed and they don't, you know, and it just gets crushed and it gets ruined and it's no good. And then some of the seed gets um, scattered on rocky places and, you know, it, it sort of starts to grow up a bit, but then there's no moisture. There's, no, there's nothing in the ground to feed it nutrients and there's no water for it. And so it dries out and it withers. And, and then other seed gets, you know, scattered and, and it goes into where there's, you know, thistle and weeds and what have you. And, and it just sort of gets choked out. And then finally the seed gets scattered on some good soil and it produces a hundredfold. A hundred times what was invested comes back because of this seed that reaches this good soil. And Jesus finishes telling that story and then he goes, and it says he calls out. Like everybody's been like, okay, a farmer, yeah. He's scattering seed. Okay, there's different kinds of soil. Interesting, okay. And then Jesus says, okay, whoever has ears, let them hear. Everybody's like, what was that? <laughs> His disciples come out, okay, Jesus, um, time out. <laughs> what, what, what is this about? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, what are we supposed to be hearing? 
So Jesus says, well, actually, I don't always speak plainly, <laughs> basically. Because you know what? what? What Jesus is really saying here, this message isn't for the crowds. This message about the soil and about the sower who goes out to seed, it's not anything to do with the crowds right now. That's not actually the point. He says to the disciples, he said, this message is for you. This message is for you. Okay. Uh, But again, what does it mean? (laughs) What's the message for us? And so Jesus starts to say, well, you see, seed is the good news. It's God's word. And it's being scattered. And as it's scattered, well, interesting, it, it lands on different kinds of soil. And, and that, that, that pathway where it landed, that place where it was sort of trampled under and the birds came away, well, that's because there's actually, there's actually real forces out here who don't want to see it succeed in people's lives. And it says, he says that Satan comes and, and, and plucks that seed away so that, so that it never takes root. It never even has a chance to take root. Because people are hard-hearted and, and Satan comes and takes advantage of that situation. And he said, then the next one is, well, you know, that, that's where there's just rocky soil. And, and there's just not, there's not the nutrients, there's nothing to go in. And, and, and in those cases, guess what? It just... just dies and withers. Something takes root for a minute, but, but you know what? Just there's nothing, it's no, there's no depth to it and it just sort of withers away. And then the next kind of soil, well, it, it's just soil that comes in and it seems like the plant's coming up and it seems like it's growing. It, things like, it seems like something's happening, but it never really matures. It never produces any fruit. It's just sort of like, it's a plant, but it just never really does what it's supposed to do. And that's because like the cares of the world and, and the, you know, seeking after pleasure and the worry about finances and all sorts of things come in and they choke it out and nothing happens. And then there's some soil that's just good soil. It's just hard, I mean, it's a heart that's ready to receive. And, and it says that not only does that plant take root, but it actually says it's a heart that's willing to persevere. In other words, there's going to be some trial along the way too, but there's perseverance in it. And it takes root and it grows and it produces this incredible crop of a hundred times more. Okay, that's interesting. I kind of see that now. See, I think what Jesus was doing was, I think he was sort of using a great teaching technique. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody, teacher, say something to you and you sort of kind of were like, I kind of hear that, but I don't really understand what you're trying to say. And you asked a question and then they gave you some understanding about it. And then all of a sudden, like the penny drops. That's what Jesus is doing. He's saying to his disciples, I actually want you to pay attention to this. I'm trying to tell you something. And, and this is part of his methodology for teaching them. To get them to like, we don't even understand. And now we've got to ask some questions. You can't dismiss this. They, don't, they, they remember this. You see, I, I think 
the farmer is Jesus. The farmer is Jesus, and he's been going from town to town. He's been going to village to village, and he's been spreading the good news that the kingdom of God is here and has arrived, and people are being healed, and and he's teaching and talking. He's just scattering seed everywhere he goes. And in some places, it sort of takes root, and in other places, it doesn't sort of take root, and Jesus is just out scattering. And the two things that, that Jesus is telling us in this parable and telling the disciples is, one is, you know what, the effectiveness of the harvest isn't about the effectiveness of the one who scatters it. And number two, it's not about the effectiveness of the word of God. It's all about the heart and whether it's ready to receive it or not. And why is that message so important for the disciples, for the apostles, for those that are following Jesus? It's important because guess what? They're about ready to become farmers. They're about ready to be sent out. I don't want to blow it for you because we're going to talk about this in the next couple of weeks, but, but one of the things we're going to see very soon, like maybe even next Sunday, <laughs> spoiler alert, <laughs> is Jesus gets ready to start sending them out to do what? To scatter seed. So he's telling them, He's preparing them. He's teaching them a lesson right here, right now. You're about ready to go. I've been out scattering seed. That's what you've been observing me doing. And Jesus is apprenticing them. He's sort of revealing to them, I'm apprenticing you. And I've been out scattering seed and telling the good news and things have been happening. And he said, and guess what? He's preparing them because they're about ready to be sent out. They're about ready to be ones who are scattering seed. And he wants them to know That you know what? People's response, it's not up to them. Nor is it about how effective or not effective God's word is and the message of the kingdom. It's all about whether people's hearts are prepared and ready to receive it. That's what it's about. And that's what Jesus is telling them. So I just kind of wonder tonight... I wonder sort of when we think back about these sort of three groups of people that were there with Jesus, the called, the cured, and the curious. I wonder who you identify with tonight. Who do you identify with tonight? It's interesting that Jesus calls the apostles to themselves, to him. And I, I, when we talked about this a few weeks ago, it was brought out in the message, but it's, it's really strange. He called them to himself, say, come follow me. And then he named them and said, you're apostles, which means you're sent. <laughs> come follow me. And by the way, I'm calling you sent ones. In other words, that's your trajectory. That's where you're headed. For those of you tonight, maybe there's some here that feel that sense of call. Feel that some way God has given a calling to you in some sort of way. I think the encouragement tonight is then go. (laughs) Then go, be sent. Go scatter. (laughs) Go scatter seed wherever it is that God's calling you, wherever he's going to send you, whatever he's giving you to do, go scatter the seed. 
then, then there's the cured. Maybe you tonight would say, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the cured. I'm not going to ask you if we had seven demons cast out or anything tonight. But maybe you just say, I've been cured because I, I know that I encountered Jesus and life was different after I encountered Jesus. Something happened. Maybe there was healing involved. Maybe it was sort of oppressiveness that was released from. Or maybe it was just, just a peace that you had never experienced before. And you would say, I'm, I'm one of the cured. I can't imagine. I just... Mary and Joanne and, uh, and Susanna, I mean, I, I just can't imagine that they're not following Jesus around. And, and as they're following Jesus around, they're having opportunities, you know, with all the crowds and all the people around to just from time to time, well, who are you? Oh, I just, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm with his crew. <laughs> what are you, why are you here? Oh, well, you know, I, I had these seven demons in me. It was this really amazing thing. And, you know, I, I met Jesus and, these, and, and I, they went away and I'm just like a new person. Guess what? The cured are just telling their story. The cured are just scattering the seed and letting people know wherever they go. I think in just an incredibly natural way of this is what, this is what Jesus has done for me. If you're the cured tonight, scatter the seed. Tell your story. Look for those natural opportunities to share with people about, you know, what Jesus has done for you. And then I guess the third category is the curious. Maybe there's some of us here tonight that are still not sure. We don't feel called. We don't necessarily can't say we've been cured, but we're hanging around because we're curious at least still. And I'd just say if, if you're with the curious, the invitation tonight is to say draw close. Draw close and receive. close and open your heart to what it is that God wants to do. Because he's scattering seed. And he's putting something in your heart. He's planting something in you. You have the opportunity to receive that and allow that to nurture and grow. It doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. The seed that produces a hundred, it says it has to persevere. (laughs) Some trials and things are going to come. But nonetheless, a harvest comes. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you so graciously and radically generously scatter seed. Lord, you're willing for your word to go everywhere. You don't just sort of say, oh, I'm only going to plant it here in this one place. But you just let it spread. Lord, if we haven't allowed that word and the good news of who you are and what you've done to take root in our lives today, may, may we just come with open hearts say, Lord, we're just open to let whatever it is you want to plant in me take root tonight. Lord, my guess is most of us in this room have 
had your word take root and it, it's been growing and, and thriving and producing. And Lord, your invitation to us tonight is to scatter. Lord, to be willing to share our story, to tell others about the difference that you've made in our lives. Lord, may we not fall into the trap of somehow feeling ashamed or feeling somehow that it's about us and about whether people listen or don't listen. Lord, you just said you'd take care of all that. That's, that's, that's yours. All you ask us to do is to, to scatter it, to tell people, to share May we do that just out of an abundance and in just such a natural way that it's not something that's forced. It's not something that we have to sort of muster up. It's just something that happens because we're excited about what you've done for us. And Lord, for those tonight that would be feeling that sense of calling, Lord, may you just affirm that. And Lord, may they know that they're sent by you. May they be faithful in going to the place that you call them to. Faithfully spreading your word and the message that you bring. And Lord, we're so grateful that it's not about our worthiness but it's so much about who you are and what you long to do in the lives of people. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you've sown in us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.